This is the day that the Lord has made.
Christ Jesus himself as a cornerstone. Continue to send your messengers to preserve your people in true peace. That by the preaching of your word, your church may be kept free from all harm and danger. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated with the reading of our lessons from God's Holy Word.
in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. One who has taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them, and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We rise for the singing of the Alleluia verse. Of your, of your town that clings to our feet, 
we fight off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Corazon. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable than the judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. The one who hears you, hears me. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. And the one who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. This has been the seen by the youngsters the congregation and visitors to come forward to the children. Movies, I gotta do all that. I should make sure I got my phone and my 
Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Wolf's Den is a place of teeth, claws, and violence. It's a place for the strong, not for the weak, for the hunter, for the predator, not for the prey. So imagine the wolves' surprise when two small, gentle lambs make their way into the wolves' den. Imagine they glance at each other, already starting to fight over a kill that seems all but guaranteed. You can picture the snarling grins as they begin to surround the sheep. You know how this ends. It isn't pretty. When Jesus sends the 72 out into the world, he sends them empty-handed. He sends them without money bags, knapsack, or an extra pair of sandals. He sends them with nothing. With nothing, they face dangers along the road. With nothing, they face the threat of bandits and starvation. And with nothing, they stand at a strange city gate, unsure where it is that they will spend the night. Yes, the 72 have nothing, but Jesus sends them with everything that they need. Jesus sends them out as empty-handed heralds of his kingdom into a hostile world. He sends them out as soldiers, men of war, yet gives them no weapons. He sends them as gentle lambs into the den of the wolves. He sends these weak men out into a dog-eat-dog world where the strong survive and the weak get devoured. Jesus sends the 72 into town after town, into city after hostile city. And in each place, they face opposition, trials, hardships, fear, and terror. And most of all, they face the wolves. Now, the wolves are evil men, but more than that, they are evil spirits. Jesus sends his empty-handed soldiers against the very forces of hell itself. And this horrid, seething mass of demonic wickedness that stands against God's kingdom looks up to see what force has the Son of God sent against us? What legions of angels and archangels and all the company of heaven has he sent to destroy us? With what sword and violence will they drive us out? Then they see the lamps. They say to themselves, this must be a joke. All they can see are empty-handed soldiers, ill-prepared to travel, let alone to fight. And to the eyes of men, too, these are no warriors. They hold no weapons. The only sword they bear is the message that they bring. These empty-handed soldiers make war by means of peace. They proclaim peace to the houses that they enter. They proclaim the coming of the kingdom of God, not with sword, not with trumpet, not with legion upon legion of soldiers, but with nothing but the words upon their lips. The lambs enter the wolves' den. The wolves surround them with snarling glee. They begin to fight over the kill that seems all but guaranteed. But just when they're ready to pounce, just when the lambs' fate seems sealed, the lambs open up their mouths and speak, not in terrified, bleeding tones, but with triumphant, commanding words. 
Opening up their mouths, they speak words of peace. And with those words of peace, the wolves are driven back. For these are no ordinary lambs. These lambs bear the name of the wolves' worst enemy. As sheep, the 72 enter the wolves' den. As sheep, these men strive confidently into the very jaws of death. As gentle, helpless lambs, these men conquer the wolves. Yes, these lambs conquer the wolves. To the eyes of men, these empty-handed soldiers seem weak and pathetic. But to the eyes of Satan and his demons, the words that they speak are sharper and stronger than any weapon that they could bear. These words terrify them, for these are not mere words. They are the very presence of Christ, the same Christ who came to earth to conquer all the forces of hell, the same Christ who won the great victory over sin, death, and the power of the devil. That Christ is there in the Lamb's words of peace. So these empty-handed soldiers go into the harvest fields full of ferocious wolves. These little lambs, without swords, drive their enemies out before them. These men, with nothing but the words upon their lips, proclaim peace to the faithful and judgment to evil. Some places accept them, and there these warriors of the word spread peace in that house. But if a place rejects them, if a place stands against the word of peace that they proclaim, then that place has allied itself with the devil. And like the devil and all his soldiers, the wrath of God will be poured out upon it. Having stood shoulder to shoulder with evil, they will share in evil's judgment. Even the dust that clings to the feet of the messengers of peace is cast off against it. To the eyes of the world, this is a strange sight to behold. Men unprepared for travel journey out into cities and towns. And they conquer through peace, making war with only words. These men, unprepared and ill-equipped to deal with the threats of the open road, these weak men succeed. They succeed despite themselves, despite their failures, despite their lack of preparation, despite their multitudes of mistakes and wrongdoings. These men drive out their enemies before them. They cast out demons, heal the sick, and trample upon their foes. These men, speaking the message of peace, get results. Despite it all, despite the odds, despite their very selves, the 72 go out empty-handed and return victorious. Heads held high, they return to Jesus, speaking excitedly, exulting in their triumph. These men truly bear the name of Christ. After all, could any man do what they did? Could any well-prepared man, even if he takes money bag, knapsack, and an extra pair of sandals, go out into the world, cast out demons, and heal the sick with only a word? No. Not all the legions of Rome could do this thing. Truly, this is the mark of the name of Christ upon them. When the 72 return, Jesus responds to their joy, saying that he saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. No longer can Satan accuse the faithful before God. No longer can he stand in opposition, for by this message of peace, he was defeated. 
By this message of peace, the faithful need not fear. This message contains all that we Christians need to stand against the evil one. We don't need to carry anything in our hands, for Christ has already carried it all. We don't have to lift a finger in the battle, because Christ has already won the battle. Jesus is the one who fights on our behalf. And because he has already won, he gives authority over all the powers of the enemy. The battle's already over. The conquering peace of the 72 only comes because of Christ's victory through his own death. Only because of his precious blood and innocent suffering and death do you now stand as empty-handed soldiers staring down a defeated foe. Yes, the foe is defeated. Satan's face is crushed into the dust. Victory is yours. But that victory isn't everything. It's really just a side effect of the real prize that's been won. Yes, Jesus went to the cross to destroy sin, death, and the power of the devil. But he also went to the cross to write your name in his blood. To pour himself out for the forgiveness of your sins. To shed his blood so that your blood didn't have to be shed. The victory over Satan is a thing to be celebrated. But it pales in comparison to the fact that your name is written in the heavens. That is what is really worth celebrating. That's why you show up to church. You don't just come here to hear the message that Satan is defeated and the victory is won. You come to the church to hear the message of peace. To hear the words of the pastor, as Pastor Judd said at the beginning of the service, I forgive you all your sins. For these are not Pastor Judd's words, they are the words of Christ. And as the words of Christ, Christ comes with them and forgives you all your sins. Here in this Christian congregation, you gather as lambs in the midst of wolves who need not die. For the Lamb of God has already died in your place. Here in this church, we gather to eat the flesh and drink the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and who conquered through his death so that your name could be written in the heavens. So rejoice, dear Christians. Rejoice, indeed, that you bear the name of Christ. Rejoice that he has shed his blood for your sake. Rejoice that your sins are forgiven. Rejoice that you are empty-handed, for Christ has carried all of your sins to the cross. And above all, rejoice that your name is written by the very finger of God in the heavens. Written in Christ's blood, that is our true victory. Now may the peace of Christ, which passes all human understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Arise, confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed on page 207 in your opinion. I believe in God, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under the conscious of 
was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 
Let us rise. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is true, good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to the Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sins, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity. All who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, the angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, everyone praising you and saying.
peace of the Lord be with you all.
same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. 